0: and sign up today you're listening to the portrait system podcast
1: yeah you know you can start your business on your own you can do this on your own. you don't have to work for someone else if you don't want to and i don't know if me being 21 would have thought that so
0: i'm kind of glad that it did happen in my 30s actually a studio's startup timeline, our weekly live broadcasts, including Sue Bryce's live talks, access to our private, members-only Facebook groups, special discounts on photography products, and so much more. Head over to theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7 to get your first month for only $7. That's theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7. This week, my guest on the Portrait System podcast is Shannon K. Doherty. Shannon combines boudoir, fashion, and motherhood into her gorgeous photo shoots at her studio in Missouri. Shannon has worked her way up to a $3,500 average sale by doing extensive consultations and providing amazing service to her clients. Shannon gives her all to each and every client, and this definitely reflects in her sales. Shannon talks about how she sets boundaries around her time and how the only thing she outsources with her photo shoots is hair and makeup. Shannon was so great to chat with, and I know you're going to learn a ton from her. Okay, let's get started with Shannon K. Doherty. Hi, Shannon. Welcome to The Portrait System. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. We decided when we were at the Portrait Masters, when we were chatting, that we were going to do this. So I'm, I'm glad we finally did. Yeah. I feel oh, like wait. I, no. Sorry. Not the Portrait Masters. WPPI. WPPI. <laughs> One yeah. of those amazing conferences.
1: Yeah. I, I feel like what we did kind of chat mm-hmm. a while ago, too, about it, and then... As time does, it goes, and then we saw each other again, and then
0: now we're making it happen. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm glad we're we're finally making it happen, because you are just a really, really incredible photographer. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. I was looking through your Instagram, and I was like, dang. Like, and it's not necessarily just boudoir either. There's, like, you do motherhood and some other, you know, just portraits overall, like yeah. portraits of women specifically.
1: yeah. I uh, I definitely have a, a passion for what I do. Yeah, I can <laughs> uh, tell. I love working with women.
0: <laughs> definitely, I can tell. If you were to kind of describe the types of shoots that you do overall, like if I were going to book a shoot with you, what might a shoot look like, I guess? Well, I have to kind of backtrack a
1: little bit. So I do call myself a boudoir photographer, but I think probably the more proper term would be intimate portraiture. That's a really a mouthful to say to people, though, because they're like, what does that mean? But then, like you said, I do uh, motherhood, I do maternity, I do portrait. But for everybody, it's the same. Um, To me, every shoot, the customer service is important. I want everybody to walk in and feel excited and happy. And like most people are going to be nervous to be in front of the camera. So if you were to book, we would do a consultation. Um, I always get everybody on the phone. I kind of don't shut up during my phone calls too. So
0: I definitely go through the whole process with them. I I love that. I love that you you spend time doing the consultation. Okay. I know people out there have said before, it's difficult to get people on the phone. So how do you get them on the phone?
1: Well, you can't book with me until you talk to me. (laughs) So that's step one. Um, So when somebody reaches out, so I use like my CRM for them to reach out through my website. I don't prefer DMs through like Instagram. So if they do, I ask for their email and then I directly send them information. So you have to reach out to me to get pricing and details for the photo shoot. But if you want to move forward to actually book, you have to do it through me. So I schedule a phone consultation with them because I feel like we can do emails back and forth all day long, but I don't really get to know you and you don't really get to know me. Right. And it's so black and white seeing just like maybe a number on a on an email, like this is how much it costs, this is what it is, but you can you might not really understand the value of it until we speak. I think that there's something so important about voice to voice connection with people as opposed to like this is what I charge and, you know, now pay that. I, th- I really like to go through why this is important for them. I mean, they reached out, so that was step one. I'm always, I'm always telling people, you did the hardest part—you reached out—and a lot of people, you know, can get scared to reach out. They're like, "Well, I want to do this thing, but now I'm kind of afraid." But my friends did it, and I feel like I have to do it. And I'll even talk to people too if they're like, "I feel like I should do this because my friend did it." And then I'll ask them kind of why. Like, why do they feel like this would be an important session for them? Are they going through something, you know, traumatic that they want to, like, find themselves again? Are they going through things that are great and they just want another boost for themselves? So I think that that is so important. I know not everybody likes talking on the
0: phone. <laughs> and I know. I'm I'm one of those like, consumers who prefers not to be on the phone. But if someone said, like, this is my process and this is what I do. Well, okay. I know you said you don't like to be like, just like, here's my pricing and this is mm-hmm. whatever, blah, 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 Do you give any like inkling of what you charge ahead of time or yes. is it? Yes. So okay. I, um, now that is that I would get on the phone. If I knew what the pricing was, I knew <laughs> yes. I wanted to book you. No problem. But if yeah. you don't tell me your pricing until I'm on the phone with you, I'm like, I'm out. Yeah,
1: <laughs> um, I do send that. So whenever they send either the inquiry through, through my CRM, like through my website, or if they reach out directly to me and I email them, I have a PDF that my graphic designer made for me. Uh, she did an amazing job. So it has information about the sessions, information about me, like kind of like, you know, hi, I'm your photographer. And then the pricing on there. But since they have that sometimes people will reply yeah like yes i want to book my consultation phone call with you and then as it happens in this business sometimes i don't hear back from them at all but sometimes i hear back from them a year later like yes i'm ready now and so i don't if somebody doesn't respond to my email I don't get upset about it. I'm just like, hey, maybe it wasn't right for them right now. Maybe yep, it's out of their budget. It. That's okay. I think it's good to show people your pricing. I just don't really have it on my website. I like people I like people to reach out to me so I can explain. Because it's really, I feel like, our job to educate our clients and potential clients on what we do. They might just see a number and not understand why does this cost what this costs. Well, let me show you. Yes, you see the beautiful photos that I
0: post, But let me talk to you how this will be for you as well. Yeah. No, I really love that. You know, I think it's super important. And I've said this before. I say it in my, like, anywhere in teaching anything. One, it's super important to connect with the people that you are trying to book. Mm -hmm. And once you've booked them, to connect with them during either, you know, the consultation, of course, during the session, Mm -hmm. and even during the kind of sales session or however however you do that, like making those connections is a huge part of what they're going to. Tell people about you in that way. And then also having some sort of beautiful PDF or behind the scenes and all of that all over your website, showing it on your social media. Like If you don't have something visual to show people, it makes it so much harder. It does. I wish I had more opportunities
1: to have behind the scenes taken. (laughs) Um, Usually the hair and makeup artists I have for the day, normally they have to pack up and go to another job. So I don't always have the opportunity to have them to say. I don't always have an assistant. It just depends on what type of shoot I'm doing. Normally I'm more likely to have an assistant on a personal branding shoot, but since I don't do quite as many of those, I don't usually bring an assistant for the day. You know, I can set up my phone, but it's just different. And I also don't want my client to feel uncomfortable that they're constantly being filmed if that makes sense too like some clients you know walk through that door and they are into it they will they like yes give me the whole works make me feel like a supermodel and not everybody feels that way I don't necessarily always feel that way myself too if when I'm having a session I'm kind of like I just want this moment for me with my photographer didn't have this and not feel like okay I have to constantly be on if you know what I mean like I think that it's important definitely it, I always check in with people too I'm like do you care if I take behind the scenes photos or a video or something and we can kind of look at that later and we can share that but behind the scenes is really important when I have an opportunity. Usually it's a creative shoot that I'll do behind the scenes. But yeah, I think, you know, it's not something you have to have day one, but over time, like building portfolio and then picking images that I love to put in the PDF to show my work, but then talk about myself in there. I think people want to know who they're coming to as well. I think that there's I have a lot of friends that are afraid of self-portraits, which I'm not. <laughs> I do a lot of. But I think it's it doesn't necessarily have to be a self-portrait. But I think it's really important to put yourself out there so clients know who they're booking. And really the person behind the business. I think that that's something that not every business does. But I mm-hmm. want to know who I'm working with. Mm-hmm. I want to know your personality. I want to make sure like we're going to click.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, I want to back up a little bit. Have you always been a photographer for your career? No. <laughs> what did um, you do before? Well, I I
1: worked in a bar for over ten years, so I was a bartender. Um, that was kind of so I finished college a little later. Well, it's kind of a fu- it's kind of funny, so I'll kind of backtrack a little bit. So I'm actually a high school dropout. I dropped out of high school so I could go to college. Um, oh, I how I, does I that work. I like to be challenged and I didn't feel challenged in high school. Um, It's funny looking back at it now because, you know, at the time I live in Missouri, so it's a little more conservative. My parents were like, what are you doing? (laughs) Um, So I was like, look, I'm going to work. I'm going to work a job. I'm going to go to college. So, you know, you can do your GED. Um, So I went to community college for a little bit, took a little break, you know, early 20s, made some crazy life choices there, traveled around. And then I came back and finished at university. I never took photography classes. I'm actually, a, was a painter and did figure drawing. Ooh, that was interesting. my degree is in uh, fine arts. And I kind of just, I don't want to say stumbled upon photography because that's, that sounds more whimsical than it actually is. I, once I finished college, I really didn't have a place to work for painting. So I did oil painting. So that's a lot of chemicals, paint thinners, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of stuff we really do need a studio for. Yeah. And I loved working with figure drawing. So without having the live models as much, didn't really want to pose for myself at the time. I was like, what can I do to keep doing something artistic. Cause I'm the kind of person where my creative brain, I will get crabby if I don't get to create. (laughs) So Uh, a lot of people are like that. A lot of of
0: artists are like that. For sure,
1: Uh, I'm definitely the, that person. Um, So I started playing with like my parents, old cameras. They're like, well, we can't afford a camera. So here you can take this one. Started to learn film. Can't say that I could tell you a whole lot of film stuff now (laughs) or how to use a film camera anymore. Oh gosh, I think a point and shoot was my first camera. And then I had like my first DSLR. I couldn't even tell you what it was. I think it might have been a Nikon one that was gifted to me. And really just kind of trial and error with it, trying to decide what I wanted to do. I wish I was the person that was like 21 and figured out everything I wanted to do in my life.
0: I know. Can you imagine? Like I'm 45 <laughs> now, Shannon. And I finally, I mean, I'm obviously I have still have so much to learn in life and I'm so excited to see where it all takes me. But yeah, there, there are, oh man, it's crazy because I, I wouldn't want to like take away any of the experiences that I had mm-hmm. because I learned so much f- through all of it. The good times, the really hard times, But man, like, I want to live this life that I have right now for fucking ever. You know what (laughs) I mean? And if I had 20 more years to add on to, like, what I'm already going to live, like, I plan to be 100. Yeah. But if I could, like, even back that up more, oh, that'd be amazing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, honestly, I didn't start my, I'll be uh, 38 this year. I didn't start my business till I was in my 30s because yeah, I wasn't, yeah, really sh- wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with it. I was working with other people and other studios. And I definitely, I'm a shy personality, but I always like to be the boss. So I was trying to navigate, how can I be who I am, but do this on my own? Mm-hmm. And it took a lot of... Inner work to be like, yeah, you know, you can start your business on your own. You can do this on your own. You don't have to work for someone else if you mm-hmm. don't want to. And I don't know if me being 21 would have thought that. So I'm kind of glad that it did happen in my 30s, actually. As much as I want to be like, I wish, like, you know, I have clients and friends and models and things like that I'll work with. And they're like 22, like 21, 22, and they have, seems like they have everything figured out. And I'm like, yeah, but my life was so different then. You know, I was traveling and living life so differently. And that's okay. And I mm-hmm. like that I feel more about like myself running my business now than I probably would have then.
0: Yeah, that's a really great point. I mean, I think, although, I mean, I've seen some some people who've started younger, like Olivia Renee, she started, I don't know if you know Olivia, She she used to focus mostly on seniors and she's kind of, come into you know boudoir and um portraits and mm-hmm. you know in general but she started when she was like 16 or 17 or something and she's always done really well with it so I think it just depends on who like who you are when 100%, I was yeah. when I was 21 I was like I was such a dipshit you know what I mean like, <laughs> I hate to say that about myself because I mean not that I was like terrible I've had jobs since I was 13 years old mm-hmm. like I've always been a really hard worker and really driven or whatever but I don't know. I just had a lot to learn about loving myself mm-hmm. and self-confidence and that sort of thing. And I wonder, because you would I wonder if it was similar for you because you said the same thing about how you had to do kind of the inner work.
1: Yeah. Well, and also too, I grew up where it was like you go to school, you get your degree, you yeah, get a nine same. to five job. Yep. It's it's not I'm one of the first people in my family to start a business from the ground up you know yeah. and it's like my parents aren't like very old or anything I think am the first yeah <laughs> yeah and it's just yeah I think that oh, it's wow. such a shift now where somebody who is younger they're like oh you know what I could start my business but mm-hmm. even having a 10 15 year difference is like it wasn't like that then or especially yeah. like living in the Midwest and you know it's kind of like you just work the nine to five and you have the job. I'm, I try corporate world. I cannot do it. You cannot oh literally put, if you put me in a cubicle, I'm sad and I can't do it.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: Um, I literally have to be physically moving around in my day. Otherwise I'm sad. Um, but I think that there, you know, there's so many more resources now that people that are younger can see like, oh, I can do this for myself or I can be a part of something that is creative and actually be paid for it. And Absolutely, the mindset just seems so different. Before it was like, "Oh, don't pay artists; that's just a hobby." And now I think right. that we're like we're living proof that it's like it's not a hobby; it's a career. And mm-hmm. here's how you can do this thing and give back to your clients and give back you know, to yourself.
0: Yeah, I've never really thought about this before until you bring it up. Like, I think we kind of, you know, us thirty and forty something, fifty <laughs> something. Uh, I think we we might be a a pretty big inspiration to some of the younger generation that you don't have to take that path yeah of college or not to say college is bad in any way shape or form, but I hope my kids don't want to go to college I hope they want to start <laughs> businesses i I truly hope that yeah. you know and obviously if they want to go to college then that's what we'll do but it's you know i I think that seeing you know as as the teenager teenagers are watching us and yeah, I think we're making it just more possible for people even like not even so much I noticed too like a big shift in people starting to get back into trades more and how like being handy as you know is this super cool thing now and growing your own food and like all of this stuff is starting to become like trendy and I love it
1: Yeah. yeah it's it's less about like you know go work for this person, go do this. It's like, how can you be sustainable for yourself Mm -hmm. or your family? If you decide to have a family, I mean, there's such a shift too. It's like, if you decide to go to college, if you decide to do a family, do you want to start a business? Do you not want to start a business? I think that there is such a beautiful shift that's happened there. Cause it's like how many years ago, you know, were women not allowed to have jobs and it's just, it's wild to think, you know, that's, Maybe not our parents' generation, but, like, right before, like, our grandparents. Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah. And if you think in some other countries right now, that's still the case. It's so messed up, you mm-hmm. know? But, like, do you—I know—I'm I, sorry. I keep talking about myself. You I, one of the thing <laughs> One of the things that was really important to me was to have my freedom of time. Mm-hmm. And there's something about when you're working for someone else in in a capacity of cubicle, corporate— teaching, you know, all the things where you are on a very strict schedule. This is when you can eat lunch. This is when you can have time off. You know, like, was that something for you that helped drive you to being an entrepreneur?
1: I think so a little bit. I actually, so I thrive on a schedule. Actually, so I have to give myself one. I think okay. that it's very easy as a business owner to be like, oh, whatever, and then have the pile. I'd still do it. I still give myself the pile of stuff to do later that I'm like, had I just given myself a little bit of a schedule for the day, I don't feel like I have to you know, get up at 5 a.m. necessarily to like do the things, but I keep on track as much as possible. Over the past year... I really noticed that I wanted to keep my boundaries and I stopped working at a certain time. I have the problem of being a workaholic where I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'll answer that email at three o'clock in the morning, Mm -hmm. no problem. And I had to stop that. Well, one, my therapist told me to stop it. (laughs) But, (laughs) But I also had to be like, look, your time is valuable. Yes, that email is sitting there. Yeah, it's really annoying and I really want to answer it. All I have to do is answer it. If I feel like I have to do it, I schedule it to send it like 8 a.m. the next day. So once the person doesn't see that I emailed them at three in the morning. I like that. To not show my active status online. too. like if I'm online, I, you know, because I feel like sometimes people are like, oh, I just have a quick question. I have to keep the boundaries of like certain time. Like once I decide to make dinner, which I think <laughs> I probably eat a little early. I usually eat between like six to seven PM for dinner. After that time, if I have a couple of things to answer, like a couple emails or something, I will. But then I just wait till the next day. And I really had to work hard on those boundaries. I had to work hard to be like, okay, these are the days that I'm going to do my photo shoots. Um, one, I have one day a week, I will not pick up my camera and that is Saturdays. Um, I, do, I don't actually take clients on weekends. If I want to do something creative, I'll do it on a Sunday if I can't fit it in during the week. But having that one day... A week where I do not pick up my camera has helped tremendously, and it's not like I don't love what I do. Clearly, I do. I think it's kind of like when you love something, like maybe your children or husband or something. You're like, I love you, but I need you to go in the other room for a little bit. (laughs) That's kind of how I feel about my business and photography and things. I'm like, I just need a day. That's just my one day. Usually I go to the gym. I run my errands. I do all the Saturday stuff. And then I can come back a little bit refreshed. And the same thing works with my schedule during the day. I don't have like, yes, I semi, you know, clock in quote unquote at a certain time, but I have my structure of how I want to get things done. Yes. I want to get this done before lunch because I want to get it off my plate, so to speak. Yeah, and I mean, part of boundaries for me was not working on the weekends. I will occasionally do a creative shoot maybe on a Sunday, but Saturdays are my day to not pick up my camera. Um, I think, well, one, because I don't have makeup artists available typically on the weekends because of weddings, but I just needed to have one day away. And I think that that's actually a really healthy thing. Um, I used to be the person that could pick up my camera every day. I'll I'll photograph anything you want. Obviously, I don't photograph everything. Um, But I just needed like a day away. And I think that that's a very healthy thing to do. I might even do something work-related, but I'm just not picking up the camera. I'm letting it sit there. I'm letting myself breathe so I can have that excitement again the next time I pick it up. Whether it's the next day and I do something creative or when I pick, uh, pick up the next week and have my clients.
0: Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about your pricing. How do you price things? Do you do packages or a la carte? And what's your average sale? So I kind of do both. So I do collections and I do a la carte.
1: My average sale is about 3,500. This year it's gone up just a little bit. Um, Even with taking on less, I feel like there was this mindset shift that happened where, you know, the universe was giving me more because I was like, yes, I want to receive just really excited clients. So my collections, I do, I wish I had cute names for them, but I don't. Um, I do gold, silver, bronze.
0: Yeah, mine's one, two, three. <laughs> and,
1: and each collection has the three things that I offer in a la carte. So I do folio boxes, I do digitals, and then I do wall art. So my wall art are like canvas wrapped ones. They're ready to hang on the wall. You can Some, most people don't even buy frames for them. I like everything to be the second somebody grabs it and walks out the door, they can go enjoy it. They don't have to go to the framers or anything like that. And also, for me, packaging is super important. I know this is kind of a hot topic for some people. They're like, just, you know, send digitals on Dropbox or, you know, we transfer whatever they use. If I can meet my client in person, I like to actually physically give them like a box and then I have branded bags. You don't have to do any of that. I just prefer to do those things because I like handing over a product. I think it's just this sense of luxury to it to be Mm -hmm, able to be handed something. But again, hey, you know what? There's many times where I can't meet a client. Especially a maternity client, if they're like due next week, I'm not gonna have them drive if I can't meet them. They're fine with the Dropbox. Like, you know, it just kind of depends. But on average, I do like to hand people like a physical or if they have a physical product, I don't mail anything if they're not out of town. I want to be able to hand them this product so they can sit there and we can go through it together i like to see their reactions and if you have clients that will let you record their reactions too that's always fun to like oh, when they yeah. see when they're seeing their products for the first time since they've had and that's their great shoot. for
0: social media too and 100%. for testimonials
1: but yeah so it, sometimes people do just buy from a la carte too um i do they have the incentive if you buy a folio box you can add on your digitals for like a really reduced price. So that will kind of give me a little bit of an upsell there. But I keep it really simple. I personally, if I look at a price list that's too jumbled and there's too many options, I get overwhelmed. So I wanted to do my price list kind of the same way where it's very simple. It's very clean. Here are your collections. Here's your a la carte. And there's no, it's very rare that I have confusion on that. Everything is just listed. Here's the product. Here's the price.
0: and it's just easy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's really great. It sounds like you have things, keep things simple and, you know, handing something in person gives that one more po- like connection point to someone. Mm-hmm. And again, if you can connect with your clients really well and make them feel really good, they're going to refer you. They're going to book you again. And yeah, yeah I think it's, I think that's great. I'm a li- I'm a little bit like, Oh, I don't want to have to leave my house again and drive somewhere.
1: (laughs) Sometimes they'll meet me though. Sometimes they'll come to my studio Yeah.
0: Yeah. or if
1: they're not, for the most part, my clients aren't really that far. I feel like you can get anywhere in St. Louis in 15 minutes. (laughs) Maybe it's the way I drive. I don't know. Um, But for the most part, or I'll pick a halfway point. Like let's go, let's go to Starbucks. We can get a coffee and then we can just look through your stuff really quick or yeah, hand it yeah. over. Most people don't typically say no to meeting at like a Starbucks or something. Cause they're like, you know what? I am going to grab a coffee. I've got errands to run. And half yeah. the time I'm doing the same thing.
0: So, you know, um, I think I started feeling like this cause I lived in Seattle for 11 years and getting anywhere in Seattle is a nightmare. And so I think that's when I started, I started doing, I, I know I've said this a million times, so sorry listeners, you get to hear it again. Um, I started doing Skype reveals like years and years ago. I think like, God, nine years ago, eight, nine years ago. And then the world started using Zoom. So I switched over to Zoom, but that was specifically because of Seattle traffic. And my clients didn't want to come back to me. I didn't want to come back. You know, even just meeting halfway would be like, ugh, terrible. But one thing you didn't mention is how do you do your sales sessions? Or people, I know, like, do people buy packages up front Or, how do you do your sale, like selling in general? So, I used to in the past,
1: I would do the prepayment plan. Um, I decided to kind of stop doing that. One, I started to feel a little bit more confident in my work. And that's not saying that if you do them, you don't feel confident in your work. So, um, I know I have plenty of friends that do them and they work really well for them. I noticed that I was kind of having a little bit more kickback when somebody's like, Well, I'm not sure. It's not that they didn't trust me. They just weren't sure how much they were actually going to like. So I'm kind of a no pressure salesman. I'm like, you know what? The only thing that's going to be due up front is your session fee. That's obviously going to hold your date. That's going to cover the session itself. And then once we view your photos, then have an idea of what your budget is. And we'll go through them again. Almost 10 out of 10 times, people always upgrade a little bit more than what they thought they were going to spend. And then yeah, I do offer hard. a payment plan if they like but for the most part people just pay in full cuz they want their stuff, you know, asap. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. it just I just found that prepayment plans just didn't work for me in general. Um I've had some people just were like way too nervous to even. Actually people walk away cuz they're like, "Well, I can't afford this right now, so I'm just going to go book with someone else." And how much does that stab you in the heart a little bit to hear that when you're like, "Oh, you don't have to worry about that right now because your session's in four months. And, you know, so I think that there was that initial, it could be an area thing too. that initial shock of like, this is how much is due up front, but they have the pricing. So they know how much it's going to be and then they can do a payment plan on that. Yeah. Um, so with the sales sessions too. So I used to do in person, but that's when I started earlier in the day. I think, Gosh, we were starting hair and makeup at like 8.30 or 9 in the morning. <laughs> um, so I don't do that anymore. We start at 10. But to do the same day, I would have somebody go to lunch and then come back and view. And I realized it was so much of my time and their time because they have to go leave for an hour and then come back. So when the pandemic hit, I kind of switched everything to Zoom like most of us did. Mm-hmm. And I actually haven't stopped since then. I do all my reveals via Zoom, usually within about 24 to 48 hours, because I want them to be able to leave. They get to go enjoy their hair and makeup, go to dinner. It's a weird time for lunch, too, if we end at like 2 or 3 o'clock. Right. So I'm, like, I'm like, go to dinner, go enjoy your hair and makeup. I cannot wait to go through these and show them, to you. So they have that like day of excitement, day or two of excitement to be like, okay, I cannot wait to see these. Um, I do a Zoom reveal. I share my screen with them. We go through them. And there's just kind of like this ease because they're at home, they're in their pajamas, maybe we're having a snack via Zoom together. And it's just more of a calm vibe instead of sitting next to me and being like, what do you want? (laughs) You know?
0: Yep, totally.
1: I actually, once I switched to Zoom, I realized that my sales average actually went up because I think people felt less pressure to be like, okay, I'm so tired. I need to pick these. Mm-hmm. It's like I went home, I got some rest, I got to go to dinner,
0: and now I get to sit and like see these photos. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. All right, let's just talk briefly about marketing. Like what's your best way to get people in? So, <laughs> marketing is kind of funny. I
1: don't actually do a lot of traditional marketing. I don't really do face. I I don't think I've ever done a Facebook ad. I'll be honest with you. A lot of my marketing is just referral based. I do fairly well with social media, like Instagram, but I don't solely rely on that. As we know, social media can be here one day and gone the next. <laughs> um, the last year, I've really, really focused on my website and working on my SEO, doing blog posts, which I'm definitely due for one right now, and really just trying to talk to my customer that way. The only thing that will be a little bit different this year is marketing to photographers a little bit different. Because obviously we want to talk to our clients and then photographers separate because they're just a little bit different. Because I don't want my clients reaching out being like, oh, you only teach photographers? I thought you took clients too. So marketing there can be so different. But yeah, most of my marketing is really just working on my website and a little bit of Instagram. And then honestly, just like face-to-face interactions, networking with people in person. I'm very lucky that there's a lot of small business owners I'm friends with They'll come in for like a boudoir shoot. They'll come in for like a mommy and me shoot. They'll refer their friends. Like it's kind of for a city, it's kind of like a tight knit group. So I'm very lucky that I have that. And then I actually photograph a lot of other photographers as well. So they'll come in and do their boudoir shoot. Maybe we'll do some personal branding stuff as well. So I would say word, word of mouth is a really huge one for me.
0: Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing all this. This is really, really great. I do have though four more questions that I always ask at the end of each episode and the first one is what is something you can't live without when you're doing a shoot? <laughs> I actually knew this
1: question might come up. Um, a fan. Wind. I need motion. Oh, same. I love my fan.
0: <laughs> do you, for hair, obviously. Yes. Just yeah. I think I think it
1: changes like how we feel too. Like even speaking for myself, as doing self-portraits, I'm like, yeah, this photo's great. But the second I put on that fan, I feel like I could like I feel
0: like Beyonce. I could like conquer the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I do for my email list. I do it's something called three on Thursday, and I send out three things. You know, usually some sort of like photography golden nugget, maybe something personal mm-hmm. or one of my favorite things. And my last one, I said what my favorite fan is because people ask me about that (laughs) damn fan all the time. So, Do you have a favorite fan? I don't. um, I have
1: two in my studio. So I have one that's like kind of like more lower powered. It's really more of like an ambient noise because it's actually the one I have at home too. Mm -hmm. And then I have one that's like an industrial fan that will like pretty much blow you backwards but the motion it gets is so good that i keep them both where i kind of start with the quiet one then i'm like okay now that we're comfortable i'm gonna turn the the loud one on (laughs) Um, won't be able to hear me but we'll have the motion we'll do all that together
0: so i don't know the brands actually to be honest very cool all right number two is how do you spend your time when you're not working
1: Oh, so I used to bake a lot. I haven't really been doing as much because I've been trying to not eat as much sugar. But I grew up with my grandma loved to bake. She was a seamstress. She was an artist. So I just honestly like to read like Old fashion journals, and oh, I'm, nice. I just—I'm kind of obsessed with fashion, to be honest. Um, I've been sewing a lot again lately. Maybe not stuff that I necessarily want to keep. Maybe I use it for a photo shoot or two. I know it's kind of—that's kind of semi-work related, but I just love having creative things around me. So I'll do that. Or when I, now that it's nice out, I will take a long walk and put on like a podcast or something or some music and just kind of zone
0: out too. Very cool. All right. Number three is, what is your favorite inspirational quote? Oh, that one I don't know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do love Fortune Favors the Bold. Um, I think that that one's always been one that i probably put in my journals at school. Just kind of like a boost of like, you know, you got this. Mm -hmm, That's great. I just grew up so shy that like even thinking of being on a podcast like this, if you would have asked me, 15 years ago I would have been like who are you talking about
0: <laughs> Aww. Aww. oh I'm glad you're feeling better about you know like that's awesome oh now I can't shut up <laughs> <laughs> there's hope for all the introverts out there yeah, yeah. all right uh number four is what would you tell people who are just starting out I think that it's really important to find what you're
1: passionate about with this business because it's fun it's you know I think it's so life-giving, but it can also really burn you out really quick. And if you take on everything, you're going to burn out. If you take on things and you are only charging $50, you're going to burn out. It's so true. Take a step back and really find where your passion is. And it took me a while. Like When I started shooting professionally, I was shooting boudoir, but I was shooting boudoir in a whole other way. And then I realized... That's not what actually excites me. I'm doing it more in a style that's not me. And when I really thought, how do I like to photograph boudoir? How do I like to photograph portraits and personal branding? Once I found more of my voice, I got excited. And I'm not afraid to tell people, no, it's okay to say, no, no, I don't want to photograph your family in the park. No, (laughs) I don't want to photograph your newborn. When your baby is one years old, we can do a mommy and me session maybe, but I think it's okay to like say no, because again, we kind of have to educate people like just because they see that you're a photographer doesn't mean that you can or not really can, but want to photograph everything. Mm -hmm. Totally.
0: So saying no, saying no is a lot of power. Yeah. I think people assume, they assume that you, once they find out you're a photographer, they assume you do everything. Mm Mm-hmm. And
1: I can't, I I will tell you, like, I I think kids are great. I think babies are great. There are so many great newborn photographers out there and I am not it. So let me refer you to this person and hopefully I can see you, excuse me, for like a mommy and me session or, you know, a portrait session. But I think that that's another thing too, like building the community of referring them to other people. It's okay. Like they might come back to you for something else. They might appreciate the referral instead of, you taking on the the
0: photo shoot that maybe you're just not that passionate about. Yeah. I love that too. I love referring to other people. It's a good, Mm -hmm. it's a good opportunity to do that when someone asks if I do newborns or Mm -hmm. (laughs)
1: weddings. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't do weddings either. Oh gosh. No.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you again. This has been really great and I'm sure I will see you in person at one of our conferences again soon. And (laughs) awesome. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to subriceeducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-Day Startup Challenge, plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com.